is Adam, and we had the opportunity to talk to Mitch Grassi of Messer over Zoom video. Mitch was born and raised in Arlington, Texas, talks about that and getting into music. Started taking piano lessons at a very early age. I believe Mitch was about six years old and was always a huge fan of performing and singing. Got into the local theater. So Mitch talked about performing in the community theater for a while, songwriting for the first time, and how the idea for the new project Messer was formed. Mitch talks about the inspiration for the new record Roses, writing over the course of quarantine, actually spending eight hours a day writing each and every day for a month straight. Mitch has a very fascinating story, and definitely check out the new EP, Roses. And check out the video version of this interview with Mitch Grassi on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Messer. Uh, my name is Adam, and this podcast is about you, your journey in music, and uh, all about your new project, Messer. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Adam. No, thank you. Uh, Arlington, Texas, you said? Yes. Born and raised? Born and raised. Yeah, I live in Los Angeles now, but yeah, 18 years of my life. A wow. Texas boy. What was it like growing up there? Um, it, it's a, it was a complex experience for me, I think, as, as, a, as a queer person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sports-centric town, and um, there was a lot of uh, toxic masculinity growing up. So I, I can, it I was, can imagine. yeah. So it was, um, actually it's kind of progressing now, now that I'm back, it's, it's, I'm happy to see progress, um, you know, after, after living, living away for so long, but, um, but yeah, it's always going to be home, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so obviously sports was a big thing, but what about the music scene there? Did you, were you involved at all? Um, yeah, as much as I could be. It's a really small scene, but um, I was in a band for like a couple months and we played, I think, probably two shows ever. And uh, I was I was always a music nerd. So most of the time, my music time was spent in my bedroom just listening to music and doing research and writing and using GarageBand to make tunes. Um, but other than that, I was just a choir kid. Okay. And was what was the first instrument? Was it voice were you in choir like right away or uh yeah i guess first instrument was voice um i started piano when i was six years old so that i think that actually that was a really really um obviously it's a very useful tool to have as a musician and um that learning the piano just kind of that skill set really helped me to hone my my musical abilities later on and it helped a lot with voice as well Mm mm-hmm was piano something that you were interested in or was your family like, hey, you should play an instrument here? Is piano like a forced thing? Well, I, I think I was interested in it. I was always fascinated by music. Um, I did struggle to practice those. So my parents would have to bribe me with um, like Pokemon toys. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so was it mainly scales and that nature going like with piano or was it more of a classically trained way of learning it was it was scales it was finger placement what finger goes where um and yeah it was it was pretty rudimentary stuff but 
I've, I've used it forever, you know? I mean, it's an amazing music theory tool. So you continue to play? I do play. I, I don't, I'm not a concert pianist by any stretch of the imagination, but I do use it um, when I'm producing and to come up with melodies and I play chords when I'm, when I'm songwriting, but that's, that's the extent of my piano playing. Okay. And when was your first chorus experience? Were you in chorus or choir prior to the piano or? No, I guess piano was my first foray into, into um, music. And then I did uh, community theater when I was really young, probably about eight or nine. Mm. And, um, and I think singing on stage, that's, that was what really fueled me. So that's when I really got into, um, into singing and I did every sort of singing gig around town that I could. Um, sure. Yeah, sure. Community it. theater that early on was that, that yeah. must've been something cause you're in a group with what people of all ages, right? A pentatonics. No, the community theater that you played in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Was it hard to kind of be, I mean, you must have had a lot of confidence going in there if you're with, you know, older people or younger people. Was it something that you had to kind of adapt to? You know, I was a pretty shy kid. I think the only thing that did give me confidence was that I knew I could shine on stage. Okay. So it, it was a weird thing because I hardly ever talked to anyone, but I was confident enough to know that, oh, I have something. So maybe I should, maybe I should show other people, you know? Okay. And when, how quickly did you know that you're like, an extremely good vocalist. Ooh, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. I don't know if I ever really knew I was extremely good. Um, I just had my parents and and people around me telling me that I had a good voice, but that that only um, you know carried me so far because I think what I was really missing was that belief because my voice is the self belief I should say because my mm -hmm. voice is it's it's strange and. Um, and my interests were strange and the musicians I grew up on were strange. So I never really got sort of the approval I was looking for from everyone else saying like, oh, I, I can see what you're trying to do with your singing voice. I get it and I like it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Well, what were your in uh, influences growing up or what were you listening to? Why do you say that was kind of strange? Um, I was listening to well, my first, my favorite vocalist, the one that was most influential to me when I was a kid and a teenager was Imogen Heap. And I, um, I pretty much just copied all of her nuances when I was a teen, just because I fell in love with her voice. And um, I was listening to just powerful female vocalists too. I was into Alanis Morissette and, um, and I also had an extensive, um, knowledge of show tunes as well so it was sort of this weird amalgamation of like this sort of really clean broadway almost sound paired with kind of like a an electronic pop trip hop type of sound so i was all over the map okay but i think that's a good thing that is a good thing i, I would totally agree with you with um with joining the, the theater and what was what was like landing roles there what continued to like inspire you as far as to keep going with music or what, why'd you like, was there anything that can, what really fueled you to continue going? Mm, that's a really good question. You know, I don't know if it was necessarily scoring roles that inspired me to keep going. I think it, I think performance and expression was imperative to, I mean, this is, 
hyperbolic, but it was imperative my to my survival. You know, it's mm-hmm. it was how I expressed myself. I didn't really have another way to get these feelings out other than to sing them or to perform them, to act them, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And your it sounds like your parents must have been pretty big advocates to put you in like that type of a theater, you know, community theater, at least at that age, instead of just saying, oh, you know, join the school play or whatever, you know? What yeah. I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, they definitely were. I mean, they were, they were with me during shows, sometimes helping me with quick changes. <laughs> so they were, they were all for it. That's really cool. That's awesome to have that type of encouragement, I would imagine. Oh yeah. 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 Big time. And did they, I'm sure they're pretty, they're still pretty supportive of what you do. I would imagine. Definitely. Definitely. I think now that I'm sort of becoming more fully realized as an artist, mm-hmm. um, it, it freaks them out sometimes. And I think my physical appearance freaks them out sometimes and they don't really understand it. But um, I think they just see me as, as their little rebel child, which, which I'm okay with. <laughs> Are you the only child or you have siblings? I have an older sister. Was she is musical at all or? Yeah, she has a singing voice. She was more interested in, in writing and journalism. Okay. And it sounds like you, I mean, you do the same, right? You write songs. And when, when did you start doing that? Yeah. So my gosh, I mean, writing songs is so scary, right? It's probably the most vulnerable thing you can do showing it to other people too. Um, I would write bits and pieces here and there when I was a teenager, but I didn't really have confidence in it. Um, I think what really helped me to build my confidence in songwriting was uh, being thrown into these pop writing sessions for uh, the Pentatonix stuff, specifically the first Pentatonix uh, original record. Mm-hmm. That's when I really was able to hone my skills and I had sort of a sounding board to bounce my ideas off of and always observing and observing what people like, what people tend to steer toward or away from in terms of pop-based music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I would have been as confident as I am now if I didn't, if I weren't put into those uncomfortable situations. Because songwriting sessions are just like blind dates usually mm-hmm. in LA. It's just like, well, here, write with this person that you've never met before and be so vulnerable and open with them. Right. Okay. <laughs> that must be so hard to go yeah. into a room with someone, especially that you've never met. And then, okay, tell me your, you know, express to me your super deep feelings and what you wrote down. And it's like, uh, I don't even know if I feel comfortable sharing this with people I know, like, let alone somebody I don't know at all. Uh, what yeah. was that like? I mean, you the know, first time you had to do that. It was extremely scary. It was scary. Um, but what I've learned over the years is that people nine times out of 10, especially creative people that just have so, so many feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, They, all they really want is somebody to, to listen to their feelings and to come from a place of understanding and, um, and they want to talk about emotions and intense feelings together, because I think it's cathartic for, for the people in, in the session. And that's, that's really how you get good art is when you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your collaborators. And sometimes honesty can be brutal and it can that you can end up hurting people's feelings, but um, it's songwriting sessions are intense experiences because you have to be so open to hearing no multiple times. You have to be strong enough to tell people, no, what about this? You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
It's it's a very interesting people study for sure. Mm -hmm. Was there a time? Do you remember the time that you came out of a session and were like, we nailed this. This is like a home run. Like the first time that you came out and just knew that you had something special there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, with this this first Messer release, when I was collaborating with my friend Max, mm -hmm. uh, he is just an insane producer. And I would say probably all of the songs he produced on the EP, I came out of the session just thinking, wow. And I think actually he sent me a demo of, um, or a mix, I should say, of Machine. And mm -hmm. I remember just listening to it and crying because it was such a surreal feeling to have somebody help you to realize what's been inside of you for so long. Mm -hmm. And that that was a really profound moment. So I know anytime I cry when I hear a mix, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. So Messer started what, during the pandemic? Like, tell me how the, the project started. Yeah, at the top of the pandemic. Um, I, the world was so crazy right before pandemic and I was nonstop touring and mm -hmm. I had been really struggling because I knew I had so much creative energy inside of me and I didn't know how to channel it. And as soon as pandemic started, we had all the time in the world. So I was like, okay, I better take advantage of this downtime and really sit down and figure out how I want to do this. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I started to write and I would, I would write probably for eight hours a day for a month. And, um, and then, and then I took them to a producer to help me finish producing them. I would make these really, really bad demos, but, um, you know, they got the point across, uh, sure. and, and yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was just, it was these songs that, that have been sitting inside of me for so long that I really needed to release and in a way not to be reductive about them, but it almost felt like the templates for, for the music I'll be releasing later on, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of a stepping stone to what, what is to come. Exactly. Exactly. And was it different? Did you know for a fact, like when you were writing these songs for Messer, that it was not going to be anything to pitch to Pentatonix? It was like, okay, this is me, this is my project, and I really want to do this on my own? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the group dynamic of being in a band is just, it's not bad at all. It's actually, mm -hmm. we have an amazing creative and personal relationship with each other, but... And career, um, obviously. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you, you know, you have to you have to compromise uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to being in a group, which is, of course, expected. But there were things that I needed to do creatively, um, and creative principles that I needed to see play out that I that I sort of I sort of hadn't done yet with pentatonics, and mm -hmm. um, that can be sort of an empty feeling when you know you have something to do, but you don't quite know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And that was done by just hunkering down and being like, okay, for eight hours, I'm going to sit here and write. And was it hard to continue to do that? Or was once you got going, was it pretty fairly easy to sit down and write for eight hours a day? It, it was, I think what kept me going was it was just so exciting because I had never done that before. Mm -hmm. um, it was a really tedious process. And I would just like pace around my house all day trying to think of, one line and um but I, I i loved it and i think i i also trained myself to kind of quiet down the um the negative self-talk 
that mm. kind of rears its ugly head when mm-hmm. when you start to create something because it's just coming from you. You you don't really have a crutch to rely on. You're doing all of the work, so you have to be confident in it. Mm-hmm. When did you get the validation for? Was it showing it to your friend that it ended up helping you produce the record? Was it like okay? Did, was there like a validating moment there? Because you talked about writing Machine and coming out and knowing that that was a hit or a great song. Yeah. But was that something in the moment when you're writing for eight hours that you knew that or mm-hmm. did it kind of come together once you linked up with the with the person that produced the record? I think, yeah, Max definitely helped to validate me and... Um, and also my creative partner, Austin, mm-hmm. uh, who is, he's, I mean, he's the man. He's, he's the one that I go to with my, with my ideas. And he brings a lot of ideas to, he does a lot of the styling. And um, I know if, if, since he has amazing taste, if he's good with it, if he really likes something, then I'm like, oh, okay, well then it must be good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you must've had a number of songs, you know, writing that many or writing for that long, I would say, for a whole month, you said eight hours a day. Was it yeah. hard to dwindle it down to what made the uh, the EP? Well, the thing is, it was like one song would take multiple days because it was so, it's really hard to write alone because you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. So I was just like sitting and meditating and just waiting for it to come to me. And eventually okay. it did. Um, so in that regard, I didn't have this amazing well of songs to choose from. I mean, I probably wrote, there's five songs on the EP. I probably wrote seven. Okay. Gotcha. So it wasn't like a day you were coming out with a song or cranking out a song a day. It was like oh, you'd no. spend time and, and, and really dive into the, the songs that made the record, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because lyrics just take me so long. So did, were you producing the music as well? All, everything throughout those eight hours? I was sort of making the sonic skeletons for producers so I could bring bring it to them later on and they'll say, oh, I get the idea and they help me to flesh it out, you know? Okay. And how quickly into the pandemic did you start working on the project? Oh my gosh. Um, it was probably like two weeks into it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was You just kind of knew? Yeah. And, oh, wow, that's, that's quick because I... Did it was it something that you assumed that okay this will probably blow over in a few weeks and uh, we'll be back, or was it something that when you started you knew you wanted to get you wanted to put out this record and did it kind of start as an exercise or did you know it was going to be a project? I knew it was going to be a project. I mean, it okay. had been in development probably since twenty eighteen. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but I forgot the other part of your question. Oh, I was wondering if it, if 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 it was something that like you knew, like, like I guess going into it, <laughs> um, if you uh, if you knew that you're gonna be writing for like, a, like, did you know you're gonna have this much time, I guess, so to speak, yes, to, to, right. to focus on it instead? Of, like, not that you knew the pandemic was gonna be a year and a half, but like, it was like, okay, now I have this time to start the project. I wanna make sure I'm gonna complete the record. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think, um, I think, what lit a fire under my ass is the fact that I didn't know anything. We were all so in the dark. I didn't know how quickly it was going to be over or if it was going to last for a decade. So I was like, if this is my final hurrah, <laughs> maybe I should just start on it. You know? Okay. 
And I'm sure you're pretty excited about putting out the full final project, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been impatiently waiting for it to come out. How, how, how long ago were the songs done? And was it hard to sit on this? Like, because you have, you know, unlimited almost time at this point right now yeah. to sit and listen and go back and fix. Like, is that something that was hard for you to not keep touching the songs, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always something you can fix. Um, I was probably sitting on them for about, I mean, I think I finished the record probably last late summer. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but I knew I needed to put it out for my sanity and I had been teasing it for so long. Um, but I already feel when I listen back to it, that since I've written it, my tastes and my style have have changed already. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird when, when something is so in the past and then you have to bring it to the present, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. And you did like a, you've already kind of debuted the songs a little bit, right? And you did like a little quarantine DJ session. Oh yeah. I don't think I played any Messer songs for that, but oh, you um, didn't, I don't know. I think it was just a techno set, but um, two of the singles are out, are out right now. Okay. One just came out today. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And, and is that, which one's that angels? Angels pray. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very. I like that song. I had, maybe I got a little advanced copy of it, but I, I had a chance to listen to it. It was great. I mean, the songs that I've heard are awesome Thank you. so far. And uh, are you planning on doing a big release for the project? Like, I mean, it's coming out obviously, but are you with stuff kind of opening up? Are you going to be able to do like a release show or like a zoom thing? Or do you have any plans for the record release? No concrete plans yet. I would love to perform the songs, though. I don't know how I'm going to do that or if it's a live stream situation. But um, yeah, I definitely want to celebrate these songs and then nice. put them to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and put them to bed. Do you feel like uh, the pandemic had any influence on the actual content of the songs? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely think so. I think I was just emotionally reprioritizing everything and um, doing so much self-reflection as we all were and really meditating on what was most important to me in, in this life. And um, I mean, for example, Machine is, it's a love song, but it's also about giving yourself self-love and being there for yourself and um, that was something I think we all really had to do. We all kind of had to be our own, our own bodyguards during, during the pandemic, because it was, it was really trying mentally and physically, emotionally, you know, mm -hmm. even, yeah. I feel like even the most recent one, Angels Pray kind of has that like long, like escaping type yeah. vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that one, I guess, is more broad about escapism, but it, it could be it could be related to the pandemic and just wanting to get the hell out of my house. Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most excited for people to hear on the record or have they already heard? What are you most excited about, I guess, with the release? I'm most excited for people to hear the song Roses, which is the titular track. OK, what's so special about that song to you? Um. I, it's, oh man, where do I even begin? 
I love the simplicity of it. I love how focused of a composition it is. And I, um, that song was produced by Muna as well. It was a collaboration between uh, Muna and myself. And I think it just perfectly captures the essence of Messer. It's romantic. It's, um, it has a bit of a dark wave influence. It's just everything I love, you know? Mm -hmm. Very cool. And obviously this is a project you're going to carry on with. You talked already earlier about the next phase of Messer, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've already been writing. Um, I had to take a bit of time to decide what I wanted to do next, what the next move should be. So I took a long hiatus from writing, <laughs> but, but I'm back. <laughs> That's exciting. And yeah. uh, can't wait to the, you give a chance to release the record and hopefully tour it or play it live or do something i mean with stuff opening up that's a little bit so that's incredible yeah that's that's the dream is to perform it that's awesome well i really appreciate you taking time to chat with me today mitch I, it's been great of course thanks for having me um i have one more question for you i want to know if you have advice to aspiring artists hmm Yes, I think what I would want to hear as an aspiring artist is don't be afraid to trust your instincts and your musical intuition and just get it all on paper. Just let it go. You have to let it out because if you don't let it out, you'll never make any moves. And um, I had another piece of brilliant wisdom, but it seems to have left me. Um, Oh no, it was an important one. Well, I will say this, um, don't, don't compare yourself to other artists because the more, the older I get and the more experienced I become, the more I realize that it's, it's, it's totally a losing game. I mean, everyone is on their own individual paths and it's all about what, what fulfills you as an artist. So chase that instead of somebody else's dream.